0: Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J.
1: Walker. We're, hello, everybody. Welcome to 1450 The Sports Buzz. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you today that I'm excited about. and uh, So much to talk about. I was caught a little off guard because I didn't know exactly where I wanted to start. But we're going to have UK... Football recruiting specialist, NFL liaison, Vince Morrow, on the show at 4.30, which I couldn't be more excited about. It's also Jamal Murray decision day, which is really – Kentucky fans are so invested in this, in this recruitment that has really sprung up in such a short amount of time, but it's been the topic of conversation for, for many reasons, but it's been the topic of conversation for the last few weeks, mainly probably because there's not really much else going on so everybody's wondering about Jamal Murray, and here we are in late June in Kentucky's 2015 recruiting class, not finished. That will come to a close tonight, 6 o'clock. It'll be on TSN in Canada, which I'm having a, tr- a tough time finding a link that will work for me here in the United States, uh, but if you're Canadian, I think you're going to have a good view of the uh, of his announcement. That's coming at 6, so we're going to talk plenty about that. I'm really excited to have Vince Morrow on, and that will be at the 4.30, so... You've got a little bit before we have him on. Uh, and, again, that's the recruiting coordinator. He is in with all the big-name prospects that Kentucky lands. Vince Morrow generally, usually behind uh, behind those recruitments and, and a big part of why Kentucky has had such good recruiting success over the past few years. And he's gotten some big-time offers, Vince Morrow has, uh, and still here at Kentucky. NBA draft is tomorrow. Uh, there's still some trade rumors. There's this and that. The NBA wants to propose a new rule. So we'll talk about all that. It's going to be a jam-packed show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Trevor, how are you today?
0: I'm good, TJ. if I I, I feel bad, though. It's Jamal Murray Day, and I didn't get you a card.
1: You didn't give me a card. Uh, nobody has. Uh, all that I've really gotten is people ask me where I think Jamal Murray is going to go, and we're going to talk more about this on the show. But a little spoiler, I don't know. I don't know, and and a lot of people don't know. Now I can read, uh, I can read the tea leaves, I can connect the dots, uh, I, I can form a very a very educated guess based on this and based on that. But really, none of those. There's not any concrete evidence on where we think Jamal Murray's going to go. Here's what we do know, and I've posted all of this to CatsIllustrated.com, House of Blue, where you can go and and read all this stuff as it happens, and I have to wait till four every day. Here's what we do know. Nobody knows. <laughs> and it goes a little bit further than that. But Kentucky's not sure. Uh, they've been hopeful throughout throughout this recruitment. Their level of confidence has kind of looked like uh, the stock market throughout this thing. After their visit, they felt great about their chances of landing Jamal Murray. Uh, they felt that they did a good enough job of convincing Jamal and his father that Kentucky would be the right place for him. Never mind that there's already two guards there and Isaiah Briscoe and Tyler Eulis, uh Kentucky can help Jamal reach his ultimate dreams of getting to the NBA, putting him in a good position, playing against top talent every day. They, they felt that his draft stock would be better going to Kentucky than maybe being the guy somewhere else. And they felt that they had convinced him of that, and they were okay for the most part with him taking visits elsewhere. Then he takes the Oregon visit, and there was some speculation that it was a visit to, to say thanks but no thanks to just give them the courtesy of a visit for the school that has been recruiting uh, Jamal Murray the longest and, for a lot of this recruitment, the hardest. But sure enough, you, he goes on that visit. You have an Oregon player tweet out that uh, can welcome our news commit, Jamal Murray. Uh, and then things go quiet, across the board quiet. Nobody saying anything about anything. So that leaves us where we are today, still with everything pretty quiet. Well, let me get, I, let
0: me get your opinion in in a percentage. It's Oregon and you can in Kentucky. What percentage
1: does he pick Oregon? What percentage does he pick Kentucky? Well, this is going off based on what I you know what I've heard, and basically what I've heard is that nobody knows. So here's the thing: this is going to be one of those recruitments where I think around five thirty, right when this shows ending, and maybe around five, maybe around five forty five. You're going to get a late buzz of of where he may be leaning that that happens nine out of ten times on televi- televised announcements. You'll get right before the announcement it'll leak somehow because usually they have to they have to tell the, the TV station, hey, this is where I'm going, get the graphics ready. Don't tell anybody, but this is where I'm going and, and it leaks. So I think right now I, I don't really know. if I had to guess if I had to guess right now, I'd guess Oregon, for the main purpose that generally Kentucky or John Calipari, they know the day of. They have an idea one way or the other.
0: Well, what percentage As, are you
1: picking Oregon then? What percent f- out of 100%? F- 50, 50, 51%. 50, 51 49 then? 49, 51 49, because the only reason is that Kentucky doesn't know yet, and that's the only thing that's scares me. I, I'm sure Oregon doesn't know either. But I don't, I don't cover Oregon. I haven't covered every Oregon recruitment, but I have covered the last several three, two years of Kentucky recruitments. you think Jamal so I know Murray those. knows. Uh, Jamal Nuri he knows. His dad knows, and there's some speculation whether or not these some Canadian reporters know. But it sure, it sure as hell wasn't uh, the guy that was flat out wrong with some of his reper- reports earlier this week. So.
0: It, it,
1: Fifty-one forty-nine right now. That's where I'm at in terms of where Jamal Murray will go. But like I said, this is going to be one of those recruitments where we're less than two hours away now. You might not know until you might not hear anything until two minutes before. Um, so s- stick around. I, if I hear anything during the show, uh, if it's something that I can report, I'd be more than happy to be able to to pass it along with you guys. Uh, this is a strange recruitment. There have been some other ones that have been really quiet. Even this year, there have even even this year, this in the past few months, there's been some recruitments that have been really quiet. Jalen Brown, nobody seemed to know. Uh, when we found out that day, it was a Friday, I believe, maybe a Saturday, but I'm pretty sure it was a Friday. No, it was a Friday. It was Oaks Day, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when we found out that he was going to announce, it seemed that the buzz maybe was between Kentucky and Michigan. Sure enough, he surprised everybody went to Gal- California, but he, wasn't, he didn't do a televised decision. He announced at a banquet, and nobody really knew when exactly it was going to happen. Sheck Diallo, it seemed it was going to be Kentucky or Kansas. Not a lot of people knew where he was going to go. It wasn't a televised announcement. It turned out to be Kansas. This, I, I think you have to go back to maybe Nerlens Noel's recruitment where he was on ESPN set, and that, that was one of the few times, when I say 9 out of 10, that's the 1 out of 10 times where a guy announced on live TV and not, there, wasn't, there wasn't any buzz beforehand. And if there was buzz, it was misdirection towards Georgetown, and sure enough, Nerlens Noel spun around on his chair, had UK shaved into the back of his head. Sh- Shabazz Muhammad uh, announced shortly before Nerlens Noel, and you didn't really know if it was going to be Kentucky or UCLA, but right before he announced, you got a, a whiff that, hey, it's probably going to be UC- UCLA. So generally, stuff leaks out. So I'm not ready to say that we won't know going into the decision, because we might. But as of right now, we don't. Kentucky doesn't. He hasn't made the phone call, Trevor, to the to the school that he's not picking. Generally, players do that. So, let's be patient here. It's it, Jamal Murray Day is finally here. The 2015 recruiting class will finally be put to an end. Uh, I'm gonna have a little mini party to celebrate. And is that just then, an excuse
0: to have drinks tonight?
1: <laughs> like I need an excuse to have drinks, Trevor. It's it's a Wednesday, man. I can I can have drinks on Wednesday. I'm I'm a I'm an adult. I can have drinks on Wednesday if I'd like. So, uh, but no, but no, but I am going to celebrate the end of the 2015 recruiting class because there hasn't been one that I've covered recruiting, and even people that have been in the business much longer than me, there has never been a more surprising, uh, head scratching, headache inducing class than the than these guys in 2015, and it all comes to a close tonight. So let's get pumped for that. Well,
0: it might not come to a close because Louisville still has their eye on a guy named Maverick Rowan who uh, is looking to reclassify. So it might not be closed completely for everybody.
1: Well, Maverick Rowan is – you're right, it's not close for everybody. Uh, he's looking to reclassify. There was a point in Maverick Rowan's recruitment where I thought if he the, reclassif- if the reclassification became 100% official, I thought he was a lock to go to Louisville. That doesn't seem necessarily to be the case anymore for whatever reason. He, he recently – just visited St. John's, I think, up maybe till today or, or even yesterday. His
0: dad did play with Chris Mullen. Did he? Yeah, they played
1: together at St. John's.
0: And Plus, St. Speak- John's can let him play right away and let him shoot all he wants.
1: Yeah, and speaking of St. John's, they lost a significant transfer today. Uh, Chris Obe- o- Obeka, who was the leading shot blocker in the NCAA, I think he was on track maybe to break some NCAA records. Trevor, he's leaving St. John's, which is You know He wasn't a great offensive player or even a great rebounder for his size, but it was a significant piece. Interesting uh, blow for St. John's and our our good old friend Slice, who's now up in New York with the Johnnies. Um, But Maverick Rowe could join them. It it seems that maybe they at least have the most momentum as of right now. But you're right, it won't be over for for everybody. And there have been, and I don't know where this has come from, there have been some whispers that Kentucky could potentially add somebody else if they missed on Jamal Murray. With, with the exception of with, with the exception of Maverick Rowan, there isn't uh, you know. My and phone hasn't ring. It, it, with the exception of Maverick Rowan, they're, they're, and, unless there's just this crazy reclassification that nobody knew about, especially with Thon Maker making it official, he's going to stay in 2015. Unless there's some crazy reclassification we don't know about, there is not a player out there still available, a JUCO out there is still available. That would be, at least in my opinion, worthy of of playing for Kentucky. It'd be somebody that would I, I think just ride the bench. So I'm not really buying that Kentucky could potentially add or bring in somebody else. Could they? Yeah, I guess they probably could. Would they? No, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem that that would that would happen. Or I couldn't imagine them adding anybody else. Now, what they could do is add Ty Winyard, who we have talked about here on the show. Uh, and I expect him to probably join UK in the in the winter after the first semester after the fall semester he could join but I wouldn't consider that a new a new addition because he's he's a name that's been thrown around for a while uh, but I, I do think it comes to a close one way or the other for Kentucky after Jamal's Jamal Murray's decision tonight his dad didn't want to say he was down just to Kentucky and Oregon but I think if there was any other any other logical choice, then we'd hear more about it. Uh, it it's going to be the Ducks or the Cats, in my opinion. Who,
0: what other hat is going to be on that table? I have not heard another. Now, granted, I don't follow recruiting as heavily as most, but being the fact that I spend three hours, you know, five days a week listening to you and, and Nick talk, who do follow recruiting heavily, I do pick up a few t- tidbits here and there, and I have not heard one other school mentioned with the name Jamal Murray other than Kentucky and Oregon this entire time.
1: There's a there will be uh, Syracuse. Is, is it Degrassi? Uh, Syracuse, uh, Connecticut was kind of on his list for a little bit. Um, Indiana showed some interest. He's not going to go to Indiana. He's not going to go to Syracuse or UConn. But uh, those maybe are some schools that he's he's going to put uh, put on the table, and maybe even Michigan State. Louisville wanted to get in on Jamal Murray, uh, but at that point it was kind of clear he was going to be 2015. And Louisville added those grad transfers, so uh, that that didn't nothing came to fruition there. Uh, he is have a great, scholarship. He, he is a what a, man? Wouldn't that be a surprise? Uh, then maybe Patino would be one player closer to actually having seven or eight players that would be drafted on his team. Would that
0: make up a little bit of revenge for Louisville fans for the Trey Lyles Marcus Teague uh, incidents?
1: I think that would make it up uh, in tenfold if that actually were to happen. It's not going to, Trevor. Uh, just oh, Come wanna, on, wanna keep g-
0: hope alive.
1: Just want to get it out there. That's not going to, to happen, so sorry to disappoint uh, you and, and your fellow card fans that are listening. Uh, but he is a great player. Wherever he goes, he's going to make an impact. He would make Oregon a contender, of the Pac-12, maybe a team that could – uh, a team that should make the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, I wouldn't be ready to say they'd be Final Four contenders, but that's no disrespect to Jamal Murray. That's more of a Oregon's not that good, doesn't have a ton of talent. But if he goes to Kentucky, uh, without a doubt, they'd be my preseason number one. They should be your preseason number one. A starting lineup of having Jamal Murray, Tyler Uless, and Isaiah Briscoe with Alex Poitras at the four or Marcus Lee, if you decide to go that route, with the best big man in college basketball, and uh, you're not going to get a better five in college basketball now Kentucky's bench would have some question marks but even then you're bringing off uh, Michael Mulder who averaged 18 points 17 points in Juco and and, and shot 46, 47 percent from three Charles Matthews a freshman with a lot of talent Marcus Lee or Alex Boythers whoever didn't start a guy that has played guys that have played in national championships and final fours so, uh, it, it would be it would be the preseason number one team in the nation. That's how important Jamal Murray is. Now, like I said on the show yesterday, Trevor, if Kentucky misses on him, they'll be okay. It, they're still a top five team, uh, but he can make a big difference in terms of this season and how good Kentucky could be. Uh, Cats fans should still feel solid about their chances if they don't get him. Uh, but he is a really talented guy. I think he's going to be a top ten pick in, in next year's NBA draft. I think he could be the best guard on Kentucky's team, and that's saying a lot because they're going to have good ones in Isaiah Briscoe and Tyler So It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And again, stuff will generally leak before the announcement, so just be patient. Uh, In the next hour, the next hour and 30 minutes, I think we'll know more than we do right now, but time will tell. I've got CanadianBallers.com
0: up on the website here. I'm I'm following it right there for you. If anything breaks, I'll let you know. (laughs) You'll, You'll do that? I'm following that site right now. If anything, if anything comes up, I've got your back.
1: All right, and we're going to have Vince Morrow on on the next segment. Uh, something that that Brun DMC had had tweeted in NCAA proposing new NBA draft rule, and what this is is the the NCAA and NBA are trying to work out together where a player, and, and it's more important really to the NCAA because they're the ones that get really worked up about this. A player can go to the combine, Trevor. A player can put his name in a draft. He can go meet with teams. He can do all those things that right now only his coach can do, although you know the coach isn't going to go to the combine, although that would be fun. I think that would make for great television if you put coaches through an NBA combine, uh, but that's neither here nor there. But, but right now what the coaches are doing, talking to teams, talking to uh, scouts, different personnel on, on NBA teams, they're going to let the players do that. So the players can go to the combine. The players can go travel the country and talk to NBA teams and get a better sense for for where they think they fit. If it's the right decision, and I tell you what, a lot of coaches really love this, including John Calipari. And I and this is this is nobody really supports the NCAA more than me. And that's not saying I support it all that strongly, but I, I give them the benefit of the doubt more often than not when it seems like everybody wants to pick up their pitchforks. But this is something the NCAA has to look at and say, this just makes sense. Why wouldn't we do this? As long as they're not hiring an agent and getting money, let them do something that is a really, really important decision to them, a life-changing decision to, for them. Let them travel. Let, and let the, let the schools pay for their travel, because the schools have the money and, and what's the harm in doing that. But let them go get a better feel for their future instead of a sixty or seventy year old man telling them, Nope, I talked to NBA teams for you. They said you're not ready. You're sticking right here, buddy. Or or maybe even being pushed out too early.
0: No, I, I can't disagree with you on this. They should the the deadline to withdraw your name is way too early. The fact and the fact that they, they don't allow the players to travel is I mean, we're not talking about a, a Randolph Morris type issue where he's gonna go through the draft and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I think I want to go back because I didn't get picked. We're not even, I mean, they used to do this back in the day where you could draft underclassmen let them go back to college. Larry Bird was drafted in 1978, played in the 1979 NCAA tournament, and then was a, was a property of the Boston Celtics. I don't know if you remember, but Sean Leonard out of Minnesota, same situation, was drafted in the second round, but didn't sign an agent, didn't uh, want to play in the second round. He ended up coming back to Minnesota. I think he ended up being a second-round pick, but, you know, he got another shot, you should let them, they should have at least until maybe two weeks before the draft. I mean, I, NBA teams might say, well, that's too early. I don't have no time. Come on. We're not talking about the NFL draft where there's seven rounds and you're scouring the earth for everybody. Granted, there might be some European players involved in each draft, so I guess they are scouring the earth in a, in a way. But that, that is plenty of time to be prepared on what you know, when you, especially when you're going to have no more than three picks, unless you're the Sixers trading everybody away for multiple picks, or the Celtics. You know who you're going to look at. You know who you're going to pick, and you know basically by that time where you're going to be looking at and who you're looking at and what you're going to want. It, it, this doesn't affect, obviously, a Towns or Urquifur. It's not going to affect anybody that's probably projecting the top 15 or 20. It wouldn't affect a Rogier, probably wouldn't attract, uh, affect a Montrezl Harrell. But there's a lot of guys that do come out, uh, like a Michael Qualls, who who got injured on top of it uh, while after declaring and now can't go back. I mean, if something like that were to happen – you know, a player goes to the, the 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 combines, maybe gets hurt in a very se- severe way, or looks poor in the combines. And underclassmen, they should have all the. I uh, have no problem letting them decide eventually. Just a couple weeks before the draft, going. You know what? I stunk it up in that combine, or I got hurt, or I just I didn't get a feel like I'm going to be picked anywhere before the first ten picks of the second. Uh, you know, at least ten picks into the second round. I think I should come back. I think I should go back to school. Now, obviously, you know, there, there's other priorities as if the kid maybe quit going to classes and decide just to dump classes to do this. I think the school, I agree with you, the school should be able to, allowed to have a fund to maybe pay a certain, maybe if not the whole thing, at least a high percentage of their, their trip costs.
1: I don't pay the whole thing. I mean, as thing, long as if it's the
0: whole thing, I'm good with that, but I'm just saying if they want to make it be a stickler about it and say, well, they can only pay 75% of per player, you know, that's fine. I'd be okay with that as long as it's more than 50%, but I agree. We pay the whole thing. This is a rule they should make. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's it one helps, of the ones that it helps both sense. the NBA and college basketball
1: exactly, and and it helps the players. Which if this is what it's all about, if it's about the kids, then this is just a no-brainer. And even on the flip side, and Kentucky fans might not like to hear this, but this would have been a great if you had this rule in place this year. It'd be great for Alex Poiters to go talk to NBA teams for himself if he's healthy enough. Which I don't really know exactly where he is in the rehab process. Although I think he is running, uh, he probably wouldn't be healthy enough to do the combine. But maybe, you know, he could go do some individual private workout for teams just showing that, hey, it's healed for the most part. When it gets 100%, I'll be fine. But at least he could go talk to NBA teams and and let them say, listen, we've seen some good stuff out of you, but you do need to go back. Wouldn't that make – if you were Alex Poitras' parents, wouldn't that make you feel a little bit better about his decision to come back? Because this is a kid who maybe he'll never play in the NBA. Maybe he'll never make the million dollars that at one point he thought – but maybe he will. Maybe he will if he stays an extra year. UK. Maybe he would have made that money had he gone out this year. I just think it gives you more insurance on knowing that you're making the right decision. And we're going to talk more about this. I, I do want to table this because I think this is really interesting and it's something that UK uh, or not UK. UK should definitely be in favor of, and they are. But the NCAA and the NBA need to work together and make sure it happens. I, I, you I know, think it you, helps you a lot of the
0: small kids, too. For example, Tyler Harvey, I don't know if you remember that name, Eastern Washington's high-octane scoring guard, was looked at maybe being a first-round pick. So he declares. Now he's projected into the bottom of the second round. He had a poor combine. I don't know how his interviews went, but looked really poor in the combines and in the workouts. And now he may not even get drafted. He's a junior. After that, he should have been able to like, you know what? I, I, I'm going to go back for my senior year. And if he, and you know what the hell? If it's, he's leaving the school because he didn't like the school, he wants to get the hell out of Eastern Washington, then didn't. didn't Go back to school and transfer from what to be a transfer. Then, I mean, allow him to transfer, yeah. but let him come back another. You know, Christian Wood out of UNLV. I mean, he's a sophomore. He was looked at as a first round pick, had poor combines, had some poor workouts. Now he's a lower second round pick. He's a sophomore. You don't tell me a yeah. kid couldn't be able to benefit from, from learning that experience and going back to college now?
1: Yeah, and it's small guys and it's also guys from big schools as well. And you know, even a guy like Aaron Harrison, Dakari Johnson, they could go to the NBA combine and say to themselves, Okay, maybe this isn't the right decision. I've got a nice situation waiting for me back at Kentucky. Uh, maybe even for Aaron Harrison, he says, "Okay, my brother, he's getting, he's on better spots, he's in better positions than I am. Maybe this is the time we leave each other. An extra year is not going to kill anything. And and also, I could get my degree. So the, it, it it goes across the board.
0: The only bad part is is the recruiting. It does kind of some. It can put a college coach in kind of a a pigeonhole situation, like maybe even a Cal who doesn't know you, if you want to recruit." One you want to recruit a Jamal Murray, you want to recruit a player B or C, but you're in the kind of you have to wait. Almost you don't know if if a Harrison's going to come back, or you don't know if somebody's going to come back right away. So it's kind of I mean there there can be a downside to it to one side. I think it benefits the NBA greatly. I think it benefits the kids trying to come back greatly. But it, like I said, there, there's never a perfect solution. But I think it's a lot better than the one they have right now.
1: In But even to that point, I agree with you that that could hurt some people. But you have to declare for the NBA draft, I mean, when, April 15th, April 21st, around that day, mid-April. At that point, I'd say 95% of the recruits have decided where they want to go. Only a few schools are still waiting and scrambling. And generally, most of those schools are schools like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, some of the big boys that are generally okay already. It's just how rich can they get. Sure. But I agree. We're on, the, we're on the same page here. It's a good decision. Hopefully they make it happen. We're going to head to commercial break. We're going to turn uh, turn the page to some football talk with the man at Kentucky, Vince Marrow, which who I'm excited to talk about. Our NFL liaison. He he knows all about recruiting. He's also the recruiting coordinator, obviously. Um, so we've got a lot of questions for him and look forward to getting him on here after the break. So stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know why they call this stuff hamburger helper. It uh, does just fine by itself, huh? Presented by Allen Electric. Uh, I like it better than Tuna Helper myself. Don't you, Clark? You're the gourmet around here, Ed.
1: We're back here, for Sports Buzz. Sports Talkers, brought to you by Allen Electric, Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give him a call, 636-HELP for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. We're still working on getting uh, Vince Marrow on the phone, which uh, should happen here shortly. We've got a lot of football questions uh, to ask him, some recruiting questions. Uh, there's some There's some big decisions that are uh, that are going to take place here in the next few days obviously I can't ask him specific about certain recruits uh, but uh, Cash Daniels will be announcing on July 4th I won't ask him directly about that. also you're going to have a decision tonight from Jaquiz Cross uh, who is a uh, down to Kentucky and I believe Minnesota and Illinois or Purdue. And I think Kentucky likes where they stand with him. Maybe we can see if uh, Vince Mero wants to, to hint at all about some of these recruitments. We'll see. Uh, but he, he takes his job very seriously, so I know he knows the rules. Uh, and also, we'll get some progress on Commonwealth Stadium. I've seen some pictures of it. looks beautiful getting the seats, the, the chair back seats, the blue seats, throughout the stadium. The lights are up. The turf has been laid down, so although it seems like 70, 80 days are a long way away for football season, it's it's not all that not all that long. Uh, they're getting things ready, so we're gonna have him on the phone. I'm sure in probably about two or three minutes as Trevor anxiously and eagerly tries to get him uh, tries to get in touch with them. But I'm excited. We, we, you know, we we do interviews here, but most of the time we like to just keep Trevor and and me going back and forth. Maybe a, a lot to your all's dismay, uh, but we're excited to have Vince on. And thanks for UK's football staff who reached out to us and and got this request to go through. I might have to ask him a little bit about the the, the Louisville and Kentucky social media back and forth that that goes on every summer, but uh, sparked by Kentucky a little bit this past this past year. So. Uh, plenty of good things to talk about as we're just waiting for, for him. So we've got some filler. Trevor, what's going on at the studio today? Uh,
0: well, uh, he, I will be calling Vince back in just a few minutes. He was just in the process of uh, establishing himself and wanted to know if we could come back in a few minutes. Uh, but a funny side note, uh, because I, I apparently called the wrong number the first time. I just got off the phone with a nice young lady who was returning that call. <laughs> The 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 wrong number one the nine eight not eight nine yes
1: well you don't don't say uh, don't say his number on the air Trevor really you think somebody can figure out the other nine digits maybe they're lucky uh, I had, so we I give Trevor the numbers that we need to call sometimes he has the numbers that we need to call but when I have them I have to give them to him via Skype and I had accidentally pressed the wrong number and so Trevor was trying to get a hold of of somebody who. Uh, was not Vince Morrow.
0: A, a woman with a very nice Jamaican accent, by the way. Very polite, she was.
1: That's nice. I, I, that's, I, I'm glad that she was uh, polite enough to...
0: I don't know if she happened to listen to the voicemail I left, and uh, I don't know if she knows who Mr. Morrow is, but if she does, I'm sure she it made her day.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure it did as well. Uh, as Kentucky fans and players eagerly await the football season, there was more than just what we talked about on the air yesterday with Patrick Toll's tweet. They've gone back and forth. The players have since then, and here's a little secret: I, I don't follow a lot of athletes on Twitter or Instagram or any of that stuff. I don't follow anybody on Instagram. I keep that private. But I don't follow I, if I unless I have to cover the players or I'm I'm covering their recruitment. I don't follow them, so I don't do as much football coverage myself. To, uh, up until the season starts, with me living in Louisville, it's it's tougher me to make all the practices like I used to. Uh, So I don't follow as many football athletes, so I don't get the beef, the back-and-forth Trevor as much as I used to. Uh, But it's still very adamant on Twitter, and, again, I like it. It's fun for me. I thought you you didn't
0: like the harsh rivalries talk between, between, between fan bases. I thought I remember you earlier in the year saying you thought it was too harsh and people were too
1: mean to each other. Well, I don't think I said that. I think what I said is... Oh, I got everything I, on
0: tape. I can go back and find it.
1: I, I, I think that sometimes the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry, you get away from facts and arguments and people make it personal to to certain demographics of Kentucky. and it gets. Sometimes I hate when the rivalry gets too personal. Now, if somebody wants to say, my team is better than your team because of this, this, and this, I'm all okay with that. But I, I don't like it when they say my team's better than your team because you make this much money a year and you're not educated because you're from this part of the state. I don't like that. and I I think our rivalry does a little bit too much of that. But when you have UK and L players talking trash back and forth, I'm all for that. I'll I'll take that every day, grab my popcorn, and enjoy it. And that's what we have going on here. So I'm 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 all for it. And when we did have more of it, we'll talk about it. We'll also talk more Jamal Murray later on the show today, as as there isn't there isn't any groundbreaking news, but uh, we we do have a, a brief update that ESPN is going to try and pick up the announcement. So you don't have to be in Canada as maybe you might not end up ha- might not end up having to be in Canada to to wait and see where Jamal Murray is going to end up. It could be on ESPN, so that would be. Uh, That'd be good news for Kentucky fans, or maybe it'd end up being bad news if he ends up deciding to go to Oregon, but still, nothing going on there. Uh, We also talked possibly the NBA draft, allowing players to come, interview, work out on the combine, and then decide what they want to do with their college futures that could go into effect next season. So it could affect guys like Scalabissier and some of those other UK players. Uh, But we don't need to waste any more time. We've got Vince Mayer on the phone Vince, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. How you doing, D.J.?
1: I'm doing great. I appreciate you hopping on here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. I know you're busy. I, I know you're extremely busy because there's there's <laughs> been some uh, a lot of recruits deciding and setting decision dates. So I, I guess first question for you, how do you feel that this 2016 class is going? Already a handful of commits. There could be a few more in the coming future. How do you all feel you all have done up to this point?
2: Oh wow! I, I just think our whole coaching staff has did a awesome job. Uh, you know, like I, I was telling somebody the other day, our 2013 class was pretty good, and then we turned around and and uh, you know shattered that with the 14 class, and then 15 we had a little hiccup at the end. Uh, we would have had, but we still ended up in the top. I think top 28, something like that. But we lost four guys, actually five guys, that decommitted and they went, you know, if you're going to lose, I don't like to lose to nobody, but if you're going to lose, you know, I I I'm going to lose to the number 1 team in the country and then Michigan State would finish with the number 4 team in the country. So so I I felt I felt pretty good that we 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 finished strong with 15 and then, you know, we kind of took that a little little personal and uh we we hit the road and, and and recruited hard with the 16 class and this could turn out to be our best class, you know, so far
1: and i i was going to i was going to ask you about maybe some of those decommitments not specifically but with this 2015 class it looks great on paper but i've had a few kentucky fans say i'll believe it when they sign i'm not going to get too caught up in recruiting because i was kind of I, I was surprised with the decommitments last year so how difficult is it to keep these guys especially when you sign them in the summer or in the spring and you still have 8 or 9 months before they're officially yours And how much time do you put in with these committed guys once they're committed? How often do you talk to them? Uh, What's the process once you get them on board?
2: The issue with with the ones I could just speak from, you know, just from Ohio was, I mean, you know, we we, we beat Ohio State on some kids. uh, But, you know, Ohio State was the number one team in the country. And, uh, you know, and and, and it took – two of the kids were offered by a lot of other schools and they stayed in with us. I mean, Notre Dame – Stanford, Michigan State, Michigan, and they stayed solid. It's just, you know, when you're a kid growing up in Ohio, you know, that's sometime your dream. Some kids want that, some kids don't. So I don't feel pretty bad about it. I think our fan base got a little, you know, I think they, they, they didn't understand the whole process. We signed some, like that 14 class, that whole class was good, top to bottom. But with the 15 class, I think we signed about four or five, Impact players that will play as true freshmen, and that's what we you know we looked at. We 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 looked at needs for the 15 class. 14 class was just getting you know good players, but we actually specifically needed needs you know O line, tight end, uh, secondary. So we 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 went, and I think we got some pretty good players in that class.
1: And you are uh, the tight end position coach, amongst other things. You, you've got more titles at UK <laughs> than, uh, than than anybody else on the roster, or anybody else on the team, or even the staff at at Kentucky. But how's the tight end position looking? Because it, it's really there haven't been any huge playmakers for Kentucky, maybe since Jacob Tammy back in 2007.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know when we first came here, uh, uh, I was in you know still with Nebraska, and then I went back to. Helped finish out the Capital One bowl. So we kind of like was behind a little bit and recruited that position. I did just want to take any tight end. So we took uh, Stephen Borden, a, a junior college guy that uh, fit kind of like what Neil wanted, uh, you know, for the air raid. But, you know, I'm more of a traditional guy who I like a guy who can do both. I'm not saying Borden couldn't do both, but Coach Stoops wanted length. He wanted, when we played LSU and Tennessee and we seen them tight ends, they were 6'5, six, 6'6 them the type of guys he wanted them the type of guys i was used to really recruiting so you know 14 was the first time that uh i really put in what we really wanted and what you know even even what uh coach Stoops wanted and we signed daryl long you know people forget that daryl long was a top 10 tight end in the country he had a lot of offers and he's 6'5 250 right now looking real good and then the next year we went and got uh cj conrad and greg hart and uh greg hart who's originally recruited in nebraska he's about six five, two forty five 245 guys that can run and block and do both and then cj is, is just you know <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see how he does uh, he had a he had a great spring uh he's a tough young man he seems to understand the position he and he likes challenges and uh Not just me. I know uh, our whole staff is excited about him, but we excited about uh, Darrell Long too. So it's going to be. We finally got some depth there. Where these we got length, guys that can run and block, and uh, you know guys that can stretch the field.
1: And and Vince, you're one of the best salesmen in college football. So I can tell through your voice how excited you are about Kentucky and next season and the future of the program. But I'll say this, talking to you guys back when you all first came here and when you all had to talk about the current roster, it almost sounded like in your old voice you knew that it was going to be an uphill battle. There were some big gaps in talent. There were some positions that were completely lacking. So how far has the, the, the roster come in the years that you all have been there under, under Mark Stoops? Well,
2: you know, not, not and I and I say this very respectfully, you know, when I first came here along with our staff and, uh, you know, we, we played Western Kentucky. That was 2013. I never, you know, I didn't know what they were about, but I knew Kentucky was an SEC team. So I just assumed that we were going to look better than them. I never seen them in no film. You can never justify how big a team is, but when a team mm-hmm. from the Sunbelt looked bigger than us and looked better than us, I said, whoa, we, we got some serious work to do. And the coach Stoops always knew that, uh, Neil it's funny, Neil should always sit in our meeting. Neil Brown's always sitting on our meeting and say, guys, we got some we got some work to do. And so we immediately uh we signed that thirteen class, which with like four or five weeks to go into recruiting, and we put together a pretty good class, but we immediately went out for the fourteen class and had to sign some some limp and, and guys who potentially would look like SEC football players. And we red shirted them guys and I can tell you right now, I was just in a weight room yesterday watching them guys work out. I mean some of them 14 guys we registered, uh, these guys look pretty good, and I'm very excited about, you know, them getting out there. But where we come to now, uh, we are definitely, and I think you heard Coach Deuce probably say it more than once, <laughs> we, we still got work to do, but we definitely look better than what we looked in 13. And, 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 and I'm not saying, like, stuff we, we still have some guys on the roster that really uh, contribute to us. So it's a part of, you know, the guys that was already on the roster with Joker in them. But then, but we really did have to, you know, get some 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 better talent in here because, I mean, it's it's you know this is a monster in this league. If you ain't got the big guys up front, you ain't winning on either side of the ball.
1: Yeah, you look at some of the best teams in the SEC over the past few years; they they win in the trenches year in and year out. And we're speaking with Vince Morrow, the tight ends coach, recruiting coordinator, NFL liaison. This is kind of a hot topic right now. Signing day potentially have an early signing day. Are you in favor of that, and would that help a program like Kentucky right now, trying to work its way up the SEC ladder? Uh, who would it help? Who would it hurt? And, and where does UK and the coaching staff kind of fall on whether or not this should happen or it shouldn't happen?
2: Well, I'm gonna say this in twofold. First, I think it it will help us. Just speaking from I know our head man is that if we would had an early signing period, we wouldn't have lost you know them five guys. Well, actually, six guys to uh, you know different schools. uh, You know, Auburn and uh, Michigan State and Ohio State, we wouldn't have lost them guys because they would have been early signing period. I think we do a very good job of evaluating. uh, Dan Breswood, our director of recruiting, uh, from Coach Stoops to our coordinators, uh, our position coaches, We, we really sit down as a staff. We actually run it like a pro staff where we evaluate and we sit at the table and watch every kid. And we offer kids early, whether we don't look at you know the so-called rank and see. Somebody offer them. We go off what our eye is, what we see. Somebody may be a four star, five star on rivals, and they may be a two star to us. The way we look at it for our scheme. So normally, though, that it seems like everybody been a lot of people been copying us when we offer these kids, especially you know in Ohio. We 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 got so much uh, strength there that a lot of schools, when we offer guys now, a lot of schools are starting to offer these guys, even Ohio State starting to offer these guys way earlier than what they used to. So it's, it's a thing that our staff evaluates very well. Uh, our coordinators from, from uh, Shannon Dawson to, uh, uh, you know, coach Elliott on down. We, we, and coach Stoops is the ultimate final say, you know, with all us other guys in there, the other coordinators. And we, and, and we do a very good job evaluating. So, I think the early signing period would have been good. Now, I say this in saying that. I don't believe we take a backdoor to nobody. We don't take a backdoor to nobody in recruiting. And we have to get to the point where we are the upper echelon of schools. And I think we're right there in the middle. This is a very, I think, critical 15 and 16 years. going to be very critical for us. I like our development. I like where we're going. I think Coach Stoops is the right guy. And I'm not saying that because – I work with him. I think he's the right guy for this job, and we, we, we are very, very excited at where we're going.
1: And you would mentioned that you all get on, guys. You all do have a good eye for talent, because, like you said, uh, you all offer guys when they are two stars or three stars, and then they'll they'll boost up, and then all the other offers will will pour in. Another yeah. recruiting site just ranked one of your all's commitments much higher. I know you can't talk specifics about him, but now some of the offers are coming in after he's ranked higher, he's still committed to you all. Uh, so, whole, you know, hopefully for Kentucky fans, that will hold. But yeah, you're 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 spot on about that. Guys are starting to kind of see who you all are looking at. They'll come in and offer after that. Uh, I guess last question before we let you go, um, and we do appreciate you coming on. When you do have guys making decisions, and even UK basketball's got a big decision tonight, but I'm not going to ask you about that. But when you do know that a, when you do know guys are making decisions, and let's say you know a guy were to decide on July 4th, well, how do you go about watching that? If it's streaming, I'm, I'm sure you and the coaches watch it. If it's not, do you just stay on your phone? Do you know beforehand usually? How does that all play out?
2: I'm, I'm, you know, when 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 we do it. Unless it's uh, like an event like, like when we had Drew Barker uh, do it in, uh, like the hometown guys, it, it was a thing like, hey, let's watch it. But the, the guys out of the state, even though they they highly ranked, we just I just say, hey, we put in the work. I feel pretty good, you know, from talking to them, to parents, to their coaches, or to anybody. See, the key to recruiting, you got to know who's the players, and you have to get to them people. And once you get that feel – that you feel pretty good. Like if we ain't gonna get a kid and he's making a decision, I pretty much would know a day before that we ain't gonna get that kid. I pretty yeah. much would know. But you have to you have to do your homework and you have to make sure you stay in contact with the right people to stay on that kid because this this generation is a little different. Everybody when I was coming out, the kid was getting recruited. The kid. Now you gotta recruit the parent. Sometimes you've got to recruit the girlfriend, you got to recruit the uncle, you've got to recruit the best friend, it's, and, and it can change any day. So you've got to know, you know what type of family you're dealing with, but you also got to know who are the players in that kid decision-making. If you don't do that, you're not a good recruiter, and you will lose that kid, somebody come in and get that kid.
1: Well said, and, and and again, thanks so much for hopping on with us. I know you're busy. It never stops for, for football, for football recruiting. It's year-round, and I know there's some important decisions coming up soon. So thanks, Vince. I appreciate hopping on, and best of luck this season.
2: You too, buddy. You have, you have a nice summer, rest of summer.
1: Thank you. You too. And those tight ends, recruiting coordinator, NFL liaison, Vince Morrow from Kentucky, uh, who at least – Semi flirted or entertained an offer for Michigan. He's a coveted guy. Kentucky's lucky to have him. Mark Stoops is lucky to have him on board. But what he said about Stoops, you have to take that into consideration. Is that uh, maybe he figured this is the coach I want to I want to work for. This is the guy I want to. This is the staff I want to be a part of. Uh, so while Kentucky is fortunate to have him, they're also f- fortunate to have Mark Stoops at the at the head coaching position. Although the bowl game hasn't happened yet. If recruiting tells us anything, it's obviously moving in the right direction. We need to head to commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450, the
0: Sports Bus. I want to live. I
1: have been a miner for a heart of gold. It's these expressions I never
0: give that keep me searching for. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Now, back to the sports talker with T. J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. We're back.
1: for keeping the sports buzz. Great interview with Ben Morrow. Titans coach recruiting coordinator that last segment if you missed it you're going to want to listen to the podcast podcast and hear it a lot of good stuff and kind of didn't shy away from not calling out other schools but saying what he felt that hey at Kentucky we're offering these guys first we can spot this talent out and then other schools come in and we're losing these guys to to good schools not to you know not just to some random power five school that's not going to make a bowl we're losing them just some of the best of the best so that gives them a sense of doing things the right way and and going about their business and and know they're doing a good job also in favor of an early signing period which we learned Uh, so great interview anything that jumped out at you trevor
0: uh nothing in particular uh i was just reading uh, doing my homework on vince while you interviewed him and i was kind of blown away at all the coaches he has learned from. I mean, he, he played under Jim Trestle at Youngstown, then Gary Pinkle, who if there's anybody that knows how to teach it, somebody how to play the position of tight end at Toledo, it's Gary Pinkle, we've seen at Missouri, and then obviously his high school
1: resume and
0: everything from that. I was just kind of learning more about him as I was listening to him talk to you.
1: And and speaking of that, with all the great coaches and coaching staff that he has been a part of, he spoke unbelievably highly of, of Mark Stoops and what well, he's done
0: it, as well, been Buffalo, by the way, I don't want to forget to mention that
1: and, and talked about how uh, Mark Stoops is the man for this job. He's the guy to take Kentucky to the next level. And he went on further to say that 2015 and, and 2016, the seasons uh, need to be more successful. They need to be better. Uh, if Kentucky wants to move forward, it does going to, it is going to have to equal wins. Now, like Mark Stoops, he didn't want to put a number on it. He didn't want to say, Hey, Kentucky needs to win X amount of games, but, it was very clear that if they get better, that probably means they have to win more than 6 or more than 5 games, Trevor. They need to get to a bowl. To get to a bowl is, is is got to be the goal one through
0: 25. If there's 25 goals this year, all of them have to be make a bowl this year. You don't you can sneak into a bowl. You can go backwards into a bowl. You know, it, but as long as you are in a bowl, you are, have accomplished your one and only I think goal for the season if you're Kentucky.
1: And, and Vince talked about how the 2015 class, you know, why it, it kind of came apart in some some circumstances, but mentioned how the 2016 class could be the best one yet, uh, which is crazy to me. He also talked about just how depleted of talent Kentucky was, in a very respectable respectable way. Uh, but you know, you could talk to those coaches, you could talk to Vince, you could talk to Mark Stoops, you could talk to any of those guys when they first got to Kentucky. And it looked like they were biting their tongue. They wanted to say some other things, but they didn't want to disrespect their players. They didn't want to discourage them. But it was clear that was not really an SEC-caliber team. And we're, you know, we're only three years removed from that. This past year, it probably wasn't really an SEC-caliber team either, and yet Mark Soups was still able to win five games. So... They are moving in the right direction. It's getting closer to what they want it to be, and, and he did genuinely sound excited. But like I like I told him, he's one of the better salesmen in one of the better salesmen out there. Not just in college football, but he he probably would have a career uh, selling cars, selling whatever he wanted to sell. Uh, but he, I think he did genuinely sound excited about the upcoming Kentucky football season. There's a lot, I wish we could have him on the entire show or at least longer because uh, there's plenty of other things we could have asked him. He, he's a he's a great football mind. So it's fun to pick his brain from time to time. I didn't get around to asking him about some of the, the smack talk between Kentucky and Louisville and how he feels about that or whether or not he likes it. Uh, I, I, did, I, I did think that was a cool quote that he had about the recruiting and what he does during decisions. If, if it's an out-of-state guy, if he feels confident about it, he did the work that he was supposed to do. Then you know either they come or they don't, but they did everything they can. And then for some in-state guys, they watch, they get excited about it. So I'm sure on July 4th, when Cash Daniel decides to announce, they'll be watching. Uh, and then I fully, I think everybody fully expects Cash to commit to the Caps And he does that.
0: One thing he said that wasn't really a shock to me, but it, it just him just see, just hearing him say it out loud, it kind of it, it did make me giggle a little bit, it almost kind of made me think of Jesus Shuttlesworth when he talked about. You know, back in the day when he was coming out, you recruited the kid. Now, you almost recruiting the kid is almost second nature. When you have to recruit the parent, you have to recruit recruit the the guardian. You have to recruit the girlfriend, the cousins, the the, the, the posse, the every everyone. You all you almost have to recruit everyone with the kid. And sometimes the kid's not even at the top of the line in terms of what he really wants.
1: And and furthermore on that point, and he kind of touched on it, uh, but and I wish I could talk more to him, sometimes the last thing you're recruiting to that kid is the school itself. <laughs> you're recruiting the kid on the playing style, on the coaching staff with him, uh, maybe why they can get him to the NFL, and in and, and, and basketball cases, why they can get you to the NBA. The last thing that actually matters is the school itself, what it does academically, not for everybody. but that, recruiting. That sounds like
0: the North Carolina pitch.
1: Yeah, well, I am not saying you don't you 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 don't tell them that there isn't a school. You don't try to lie and say, "Oh, that library over there, you won't have to go there." But I'm just saying back in the day he said you just have to recruit the kid and what you'd sell is the school and the you know, the program and and this and that. Now, it it doesn't necessarily it, it, like he mentioned, you're not just recruiting the kid and you're also not just selling the school. You have to sell all these different things. It's not as simple as saying Listen, Kentucky is a great, a great school. It's a great place to to live for three or four years. You're going to enjoy your uh, the the campus life and also the football program's great. This is why it's great. Some kids don't care about that. All they care about maybe is relationships with the coaches, being able to play for their favorite coach for the next three or four years. Whether that school is on one end of the country or the other, recruiting is different, and he has been able to adapt uh, as well as anybody. As you look at Kentucky with with how much how little talent they've had the past few years you had 2 10 and 2 10 and 2 two and 10 seasons excuse me uh two 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 and 10 seasons that's not easy to say trevor say that five and times fast two two and 10 seasons uh, i'm not going to say it another four times i think I, I think i finally got it down and then you had a 5 and 7 season that kind of ended not 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 as well as kentucky fans were hoping uh, it didn't end the way that they were expecting. You just needed one more win after sitting at 5-1 and one to make it to a bowl game. Uh, but they're still recruiting as well as almost anybody in the country. At least in the SEC, they're, they're in the conversation. Now, they may finish 10th in the SEC, but that would put them at first or second or third in almost any other Power 5 school. So uh, they continue to recruit well, and you got to imagine the results are going to show. Uh, we need to head to com- another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA draft. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk Jamal Murray a little bit more, uh, plenty of, plenty of stuff, uh, an hour and a half isn't enough. So stick around here on 1450, the sports buzz. We'll be right back. Uh, it, it feels good. It was fun to go outside and, and run and not sweat through everything. Um, and speaking of this nice weather, the Courier-Journal took a little shot. It says, Louisville feeling very NYC today, just without the rude people and the stench of garbage. And then it, ha- it had a picture of the Seelbach on this beautiful Wednesday. A little shot from the local paper, Trevor. I'm
0: surprised the, uh, the Courier-Journal had the a- I don't I what's the, the cleanest word I can think cojones to do that. That's usually something, you know, you would see maybe, you know, someone obviously a, a Kentucky resident, maybe, uh, maybe a media member making that kind of shot a little bit, but for a newspaper to do that, I was, I was kind of surprised. Also thought it was kind of funny.
1: I, I thought it was pretty funny. A lot of people did not like it. Uh, a lot of people did not like it. Was there a lot of
0: New Yorkers living in Kentucky that I'm unaware of, or just, or do the people of New York are they really that bothered by the fact what maybe Kentucky perceives them as?
1: Well, a lot of people just didn't think Louisville should be taking shots at a city like New York. I'm all for it, though. Why not? And Why and, not? You, and even some people outside of Louisville living in this great Commonwealth of Kentucky didn't didn't take kind to it and, and had some. Uh, negative things to to say about Louisville, but hey, if a city is inside this uh, this lovely state of Kentucky, I'm I'm going to be a fan of it, especially growing up in Louisville. Louisville is a nice city, guys. Come on.
0: What, what what what? Why why is Kentucky not allowed to take or Louisville allowed to take shots at, at New York? Or is it because it's the mecca? Is it because they're the end all be all in their own perspective of cities? I mean, is there is there a fine line? Is there a list that I'm supposed to know about, and we're not supposed to make fun of certain cities? Are we, can we not make fun of l a Can we not say, "Hey, look outside, you can see the sky, no smog congrat you know too bad for you l a you know or something like that can can we not
1: make these kind of comments? I think you're allowed to make those comments all you want, but it, you know you don't want to punch up at a city. you don't want to uh, talk smack about a city that may be better than you, so I don't necessarily think New York is better than Louisville, so I'm okay with it, but let's say you know if I you know I, I don't I don't like to use this example for you Trevor because you're a good guy but if a Louisville basketball fan was saying man Kentucky's basketball program sure has stunk the last six years a UK fan would say we've been a lot better than you what are you talking about so if a city is not as good as another city and is making fun of it it could bother the citizens from that city that is being made fun of does that does that make sense
0: yeah but it's not like they they made they made a joke towards the The production of New York they didn't make fun of you know with their uh, them having professional teams or them having some I mean they basically pointed out basically every – you know new uh, stereotypes that constantly are linked to the city of New York
1: even by the New Yorkers themselves yeah i I've been you've been to New York I've been to New York the people there aren't the most pleasant in the united states there're there I'm sure there are friendly people there. I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure there are f- friendly people there. And the city does kind of stink because when you're a city that has that many people living and, and not really that huge of an area, uh, garbage, sewage, that stuff's gonna it's gonna pile up, and people are gonna smell it, and it does not smell good. So uh, I had no problem with it. I thought it was just funny, it, just like Louisville, and Kentucky, kind of talking trash to one another in the summer. Trevor, even cities and their papers, kind of they get they get steamy.
0: Hey, I'm all for them. If we can talk trash, no pun intended with the trash that flows the streets of New York, but if we can talk trash between fan bases, hell oh, yeah, I say bring
1: on the cities. I'm all for it. So James Quick tweeted out today, I can't wait to play Kentucky, but first, I must prepare for the Georgia Dome. Stanley Boone Williams, who had a hell of a game against Louisville, said, Calm down, bruh, because it ain't going down like that this year. Hashtag BBN. Read that read for I me said, and
0: how he said it again. Calm down, bruh.
1: Calm down, brah, because it ain't going down like that this year. I see they made you the hype guy for this season. That's what up, bro. And well, they said did, 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 he, got,
0: did he reply? With, I guess Patrick told us
1: your media hype guy too. He said, Louisville got hype guys instead of players. They hype this morning. Uh, so it's, I, I like it. I mean, this happens every summer. I was kind of worried with the game being the last game of the season. We'd see it go away. It didn't last summer. It hasn't this summer, and I'm all for it. We need to keep it going. Yeah, I'm, track, I, I love the, track. the track. As long as we keep Go. it
0: clean, I, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, again, I, I don't like people making fun of personal things, but uh, I'm all for talking about programs and this and that. Uh, so, again, nothing new. Uh, some of you all are texting me. Nothing new with Jamal Murray right now. Nothing new. Nothing going on. We'll find out soon though. I mean, we're we're about 40 minutes away, uh, and I haven't been able to officially find out if it's going to be on ESPN. Just yet, I know they're talking about it. They're going to try to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. Haven't been able to confirm it, but we're going to know in about forty minutes. So uh, God, stick around. God, God
0: you wait about twelve seconds after he announces it, where it shows up on forty-two different Twitter Twitter feeds.
1: Yeah, but it's it's fun. That's that's one of the fun things about uh, an announcement and a decision when you got the hats on the table and you could watch it. Uh, it you know it kind of does make you maybe need to reevaluate things that you could get so invested in a kid and where he wants to go to college. But it's sports. We're all crazy, anyways. We've got Big Bag Dave on the phone. Big Bag Dave on the Ochmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline. How's your Wednesday going? Uh,
3: it's uh, going well, Terry. How about yours?
1: It's going well. It's it's been a little hectic this morning, but I'm ready for this Jamal Murray decision, and uh, and then I'll I'll, I'll be. In clear waters.
3: Well, good luck with Murray. I, I watched that uh, hoop Summit game, and he was, I mean, among all the best recruits, I thought he was by far the most impressive. Kind of reminds me of a, and I mean this as a big compliment, he didn't have the most successful NBA career, but like a Randy Foy sort of a combo guard Uh, you know, does a little bit of everything, can punish smaller guys, but, you know, super skilled in all facets, so that's my expert take on that, but the reason I called in was about the hate for New York. Uh, as you may know, I went to a wedding in New Jersey this past weekend, and
1: Why'd you go to a wedding in New Jersey- I'm sorry? Say that again? Why'd you, have to, why'd you have to go to a wedding in New Jersey? And also, Jamal Murray had 30 points in that Nike Hoop Summit game that you're talking about, led all scores, and it wasn't really even close. Uh, but why'd you have to go to a wedding in New, in New Jersey, Big Bag Dave?
3: Uh, some uh, college, uh,
1: friends from college
3: uh, were getting married, so I uh, yeah thought I'd join. Uh, sounded like a good time, plus a nice little college reunion. But I will yeah. say, like, you know the friend of all the friends of the groom were just like you know straight off the jersey shore uh like all the family all super nice people but like they just do not uh, it was like a culture shock for me because i like they just do not practice like common niceties that we good Southern Kentucky folk do, I guess. Like I like I actually like the day before I left, I got uh offered a job and accepted. So I was like awesome, now I'll have something to talk about with all my former college classmates. And so, you know, after getting asked that question about like fifty times, I was getting kinda of tired of it. So I was like, Yeah, well, actually I'll be doing this, doing whatever. Uh and two separate times, uh like uncles of the groom asked me how much money I was gonna make. And I was just like that's kind of a you know like really rude question. I feel like that's like asking a woman what's like what's your exact weight. You know, like that's just not something <laughs> you ask someone in polite company. They're like, yeah, no, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, so, it, it, so okay, it. it was very. I don't think they meant anything by it, but maybe it's just I don't know. It's a little uh, cultural divide there.
1: Yeah, maybe not raised the same way that we are down here. So, what do you what do you say in an awkward question like that? I I'm a new homeowner, and luckily I haven't had anybody ask me how much I paid for my house. But and not that I, if it's somebody close, I don't mind saying it. Uh, but what what do you say when somebody I, asks you how much you pay at your job?
3: I think I was just like, <laughs> and I like backed up a few steps and moved on to the next person to talk <laughs> to. I, I really didn't address them. I, you know there's enough people to talk to, and I could be like, oh look. You know, an eagle, and then I'd you know, run off the other direction. So it wasn't a – I'm not sure I ever actually addressed him. I was like, oh, I don't know, something like that. I never really uh, would give him a hard figure. I was like, well, they'll be starting me at 1.2. At uh, <laughs> nothing like that. Well, that's uh, – yeah, that, You, you
0: should have not... said enough to make it rain and pulled out some 20s and started floating them at him. That would have been a good idea, too.
3: Yeah, I should have been like – I was like, well, if this wasn't an open bar, then I would not be here you know, for financial reasons, not because... Yeah, because right now I'm pretty destitute. Uh, But uh, I thought I would weigh in with my... I'm not... And for all you, you know, I'm sure we have a ton of listeners, or you have a ton of listeners in New Jersey. I don't want them to think that I'm insulting them. I'm just saying I recognize the kind of... I don't know. Like I said, the cultural divide. And also, at one point during the reception, we there was like a dance circle and like a B-boy was doing like uh break dancing and backflips in the middle. And I was like, we have reached peak New Jersey wedding right now. Like if we can just <laughs> capture this moment and live in it forever, it would be well,
1: wonderful. We, we appreciate the call. Big bag, Dave. I'm, I imagine there's a lot of fist pumping. Enjoy yourself a nice little Wednesday. Same you. <laughs> that's big bag, Dave, have you weigh in on the New York, New Jersey debate. Uh, and, and the Courier-Journal shot. That was uh, all, all in good fun, I'd imagine. But if I had a choice to live in the Mid-Atlantic or down here in the South, uh, which I guess some people don't really consider Louisville as part of the South, but its it's got Southern charm, but also not, not as much as maybe some other places in the South. I, I'm going to take living in Louisville than the Mid-Atlantic, without a doubt. Uh, so NBA draft tomorrow, that's all we're going to That's all we're gonna talk about on the show. I guess probably we'll talk a little Jamal Murray one way or the other, uh, but we will talk a lot of NBA draft. It seems like a foregone conclusion that Carl Anthony Towns will be the number one pick heading to Minnesota. He's talking with the media today and accidentally said we when talking about the Timberwolves, so I think that is pretty much a given. Willie Colley-Stein speaking with the media today. Seems like he is as confident as ever, said he is the best player in the draft. I, I think that what this kind of tells me, Trevor, is that he, at least from his agent perhaps, has heard that the injury concerns are hurting his draft stock, and he's going in ultra-cocky ultra, ultra cocky mode to to let teams and general managers and owners know that, hey, it's not going to be a concern. I think I'm the best out there. You, you want to take a chance on me. Trey Lyles, Devin Booker, they both look like they're probably going to be in the lottery, uh, maybe towards the back end of the lottery. So it's going to be a, a, a life-changing event tomorrow night. Andrew It will be
0: the biggest day in Kentucky basketball history.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, I doubt it. Although Kyle Tucker, the Courier-Journal, who uh, who is in New York, and the Courier-Journal was making fun of New York, uh, which is kind of funny, but he did tweet a picture of uh, a UK travel bus just traveling around New York City. It, it's one of those big UK buses. It's all blue. It says "Go Big Blue" on it. it. Has UK logo, and he's. It's just going around the city now. What could that possibly be doing in New York City a day before the draft?
0: Um, giving out uh, Peterson travel uh, travel tours.
1: It, it's. It makes no sense to me i mean it looks like it's just driving down manhattan Could, it's is obvious that is that
0: all the uk players coming out in the draft are they all just taking their own little uh double-decker bus through the school to the city city is it going to open up yeah. and like carlton towns is going to walk out followed by uh you know devin booker and uh, trill willie Callie stein and trey Lyles and you know and then out comes to johnson at the and at the very end of the le- at the, the run the harrison twins are they all just going to come out the bus Are they all tore up there together
1: it could be. I like the theory. the The theory that John Calipari is just in there by himself. He's got that whole bus for himself, and he he'll he'll be in there like John Madden. And, and yeah, and he's gonna he's just gonna take like if he wants to go get a nice New York dinner later tonight, a nice New York steak. He's just gonna have that be his valet. He's gonna pick him up outside his hotel. He's gonna get on it. and It's gonna take him to the uh, to the steak joint down the street. It, it it's obviously there for advertising and just saying hey Kentucky's got a lot of players in the draft also we've got a bus it's got people talking so I mean, the only so the only I'm reason gonna, it could I'm be gonna... there is maybe is it if it's carpooling friends and family of the draft attendants. but at that point that's not on UK's dime hell I'm sure already that uh Carl Anthony Towns and those four lottery pick from their agent already have plenty of money they're they're they don't need that
0: so in 24 hours, the, the local newspaper is saying, t- taking a jab at New York, and on top of it, we shoved a giant big blue bus bust down their throat and then it drove around their city all day.
1: That's it, yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky, that bus needs to be careful if the people up in New York catch wind of that comment from the courier.
0: I hope Cal gets off that bus with like an, like an entourage-like posse. Like, it, looks like, it looks like the boat scene in the very front beginning of Entourage movie. He just comes out, and it just looks like that, where all these people just come towering
1: out behind him. Uh, that would be something i would i would be all for that as well i mean i really i, I love the nba draft it's my probably my favorite non sports action night of the year I, I guess sports sports related but not game related event of the year to take it over the nfl draft uh, you know anything else this is this is the best these guys are going to make an impact in the nba starting next year uh, so we'll talk a lot about that tomorrow. So, again, Jamal Murray here in about 30 minutes. We'll announce whether it's Kentucky or Oregon, although there may be some other schools in the mix. It's it's going to come down to Kentucky or Oregon. I think everybody knows that. Appreciate Vince Morrow coming on the air and, and answering some questions. Wish we had more time because there's plenty more we could have talked about. Uh, but but appreciate him coming on because I know he is busy. You're going to, to have a decision coming from Jaquiz Cross, also around 6 o'clock. So Kentucky. It could be a big night. It's a defensive tackle. He could pick Kentucky. You could have Jamal Murray pick Kentucky. And uh, this is a 6'3", 305-pounder, and he's down at Kentucky, Minnesota, and Purdue. He's a big guy. Uh, it'll be a big addition for Kentucky in their recruiting efforts. And, again, Cash Daniel will be in uh, July 4th, so not, not too far off from his decision. Uh, so exciting time for U.K. recruiting. Final prediction, Jamal Murray. Again, I'm, I'm, I still haven't heard anything to make me come off the Oregon pick. If I change it in the next 30 minutes, which, hell, I very well could if I get the right text message, uh, I'll, I'll change it to Kentucky. But I, I would go with Oregon today, and I'm still right on that fifty-one forty-nine line. Uh, we'll see. And, and guess what? If I'm wrong, you all won't even care because you'll be so happy that you have Jamal Murray. So time will tell. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Uh, Trevor, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. And we will talk to you all tomorrow, 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then
2: call it purple, I'm going to call it home, take a shot of Tron, lay back in the left and take two to the dome, ride from the to be bg in my zone. Let me hear you say, in high
3: time, sitting by the river, got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause
2: people always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going